Hello, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that sound bothering you? You've really dedicated your life to being a beard man now? I don't know that I would say that, but it does. It is a sort of feature on my body that I'm not used to having. Mm-hmm. And I, I will be like, why does it smell so much like coffee right now? And then I realize it's the, <laughs> it's the mustache, isn't it? That it's got a little bit of like coffee leave. I don't know how people with like actual thick, lustrous beards like put up with it, right? Like I mentioned syrup last week where like I don't want to eat a pancake and get syrup in my mustache and then it's just like a little sort of like Mm -hmm. it's like a smell memory card like a smell flash drive and i'm just constantly accessing i don't know about Mm -hmm. that so i think i might just go with a chin strap beard oh great yeah you're gonna love it i guarantee it oh yeah i'm gonna look like a very safe football player of (laughs) hair this is wonderful to show where we talk about things that we like things that we're into and uh, do you have any uh, of the small wonders that I've been hearing so much about lately? Yeah, you know what? I do, actually. Okay. I was thinking about it, and I will say uh, adding a recipe to the rotation. Oh. Um, I've got a few things that I can comfortably cook without much effort. Uh, I just I know them by now. They're my go-tos. Right. And I think I'm going to add that stroganoff. Uh, yes, you should. It's very, mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. You're very good at making it. Um, and it tastes good and it satisfies all my senses. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, adding, adding a new go-to to the, uh, to the list of meals you can make. I'll sure. Say. I would also say like, uh, similarly in this quarantine environment, finding like a good, uh, takeout place that yeah. you can also add to the rotation is also very nice. I've got a salmon. I have a salmon hookup now that I'm very excited about. <laughs> uh, I want to do uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters on Netflix. Uh, oh. Rachel and I are very into this show. It's uh, yes. by uh, Kathleen Jordan, whose name sounds familiar. I don't know what else she's done, but it's a it's a show about literally what it says on the on the tin. Uh, it's uh, It's got big Veronica Mars energy. Yes, yes, it really does. That's kind of, you know, a lot of people are comparing it to Buffy, which I get, you know, there is kind of this element of, of you know, kind of badass ladies, like, kicking butt, but... Yeah. Um, I'd say Veronica Mars is probably a more apt comparison. Yeah, I think Veronica Mars had a, more of a comedy bent than uh, Buffy had, and I think that this definitely follows yeah, follows that. We've been sure. having a lot of fun with it. We're like halfway through the first season. There's only ten episodes on Netflix now, but we uh, I, I I I keep thinking about it when we're not watching it, which I think is the hallmark of a of a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you go first this week. I do. Okay, what do you got? Uh, so my first thing, I'm gonna call it uh, misheard song lyrics. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you I don't think you're thinking necessarily too far outside the bun. I feel like misheard song lyrics is a, an established yeah, concept. Yeah. I f- I find it kind of delightful. This is something when I was younger this was maybe more common because you know people didn't have access to the the lyrics right away if you heard a song sure. on the radio. Um the the example my parents always talk about is that uh Zippity Doodah song. Yeah. I used to think it was Mr. Beanbag on your shoulder. Mr. 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 Uh, the bluebird, the bluebird on you your shoulder. You confused. Okay, I guess that's not so bad. Yeah, it's not one of the worst ones. <laughs> I actually, you're sending me on a trip right now because we had. I should do a whole segment on like bathroom literature. Our household, we had several big uh, Uncle John's bathroom readers. Yeah, but is that really wonderful? 
Uh, no, I mean these were pea-soaked tomes <laughs> of bad jokes. But one of them, one of these like kind of books, was a book just full of misheard song lyrics with like little illustrations to go with each one. Uh-huh. It was very much in that Uncle John's bathroom reader, Dave Barry sort of or deep thoughts milieu. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I remember uh, Lucy in disguise with yeah. diamonds, a big one, or excuse mm-hmm. me while I kiss this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big one. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the subject you have brought is equivalent to an Uncle John's bathroom <laughs> reader segment, but if I was saying okay that, it that. Would, okay, then it is that. I'm okay with That's that. That's basically what this whole fucking show is if we're being honest. In a honest. way, yeah. It's Uncle way. John's bathroom podcast. And isn't that comforting? No. <laughs> it is demoralizing, but. Uh, so I wanted to find like some of these common ones and a lot of them feel a little too pat, you know, yeah, like, sure. like a lot of times it's like nobody actually thought this when they heard this song. Oh, well, fuck. Now you're going to say one. I'll be like, that's not it. No, I thought I would do that, too. Not the case. OK, what do we got? Most of the time they're just nonsensical. OK. Um, or they'll take the title of the song and mishear it. And that's what I'm that's, like. There's no way. Yeah. Um, so I did find a study. <laughs> Uh, a little suspect done by Erex, which is a eardrop company. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just trying to make the headlines. Uh, this was a study uh, done in the UK of 2,000 adults uh, to kind of identify the most commonly misheard lyrics uh, and kind of why people would mishear lyrics, uh, which I think they were trying to f- associate with earwax. <laughs> sure. A little suspect. Um, the study revealed that it took an average of six times for a person to listen to the song to get the lyrics, which I feel like is... The entirety of the lyrics? The, the entirety of the lyrics? It says six times to listen to the song before they felt confident they knew the lyrics. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could probably do a chorus after six times. Which anybody that's done karaoke, and this happens to me all the time, I didn't realize in the world of karaoke that people had established go-to yeah. numbers. I just thought they would get up and do songs they, they thought would liked. be fun to sing. Yeah. And so I used to just be like, oh, okay, is that how you do it? And then I'd get up and be like, I don't know this song at all. There was a sort of infamous Blackstreet scenario a sort of fiasco yeah, that played Black out street also i did a kesha song that yes, i realized i didn't just didn't really know it didn't know you, um, you did great up there though thank you with what you had i only do i only do private room karaoke for that reason yeah <laughs> uh so here's here's some of them um abba's dancing queen uh instead of feel the beat of the tambourine we have tangerine mm. right uh <laughs> TLC's Waterfalls. Now, I think I thought this one at one point. Don't go Jason Waterfalls. No, baby. Jason. <laughs> no. no. Hey, Jason Waterfalls. Get back over. Yeah, that's my boy, Jason Waterfalls. <laughs> we call him Jason Waterfalls. Don't go. You don't want to know the story, but it, we call him Jason Waterfalls. And um, those are the rivers and lakes that Jason Waterfalls is used to. Now, here's a phenomenon that I think you'll enjoy. A lot of insertion of the word sausage. Okay. Um, so we built this city on sausage rolls. Nope. Um, and then Bohemian Rhapsody saving his life uh, from this warm sausage tea. Again, not no, sure why. No. Uh, friends in low places. Uh, I'm not big on sausage gravy. <laughs> now, this one I will give them because that song seems like one that would not be. They're not going to mention sausages in Bohemian fucking Rhapsody, but. But maybe Garth. Places, yeah. If Garth said something about sausage gravy in a song, it would not. I would not mm-hmm. turn my head. I can see that. Um, some of them, like, 
It just seemed like, okay, so John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in Greece sing Summer Nights. And there is the assumption, I guess, that some people thought that instead of the guys saying, tell me more, tell me more, they were saying Tommy more. <laughs> Which I think is funny, this idea that you're bringing in this character mid-musical. Just Not as- <laughs> even mid-musical, babe. Mid-song, without context. <laughs> like, when are we going to meet this Tommy like, Moore? Here, here's all the greasers, and we're singing our song that's hugely problematic, and wait a minute, who's that coming <laughs> who's- in from the wings? Tommy Moore. It's me, Tommy Moore, Tommy Moore. <laughs> um, and then a lot of them... Um, I understand just like, so for example, and we've talked about this before, like Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. That one I'll, it, yeah. A lot of unintelligible in that song. But instead of Here We Are Now Entertain Us, people would think Here We Are Now in Containers, which I feel like is Whoa, fair. Whoa, yeah, I would give that. I don't know mm-hmm. that I, uh, you mentioned six times. I've heard this song obviously a great deal of times. I don't think I could give you uh-huh. A, a fraction of a verse. And that's the thing I think that happens as an adult. You just, when you when you get to a section that you can't figure out, you're just like, well, I'm just never going to know that one. Well, a lot of, and also a lot of bands in that genre back in that era were kind of mumbly boys. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want to talk about Spoon Man, the song Spoon Man. Here's yeah. what I know of Spoon Man. Spoon Man! That's all I get. I thought it was Come Together With... Sorry. My hand. hands. There's hands in there. But there's also, you know what else is in there? I can say with absolute <laughs> certainty is the word spoon man. Spoon man. Uh, this is like, for Griffin, this is like, I ate too much. And I ate too much. Is a lyric that he has to say when it comes up organically. So like yeah. if, if, for example. Pass me that spoon, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. It almost never happens now. Um, I want to finish, I think. Uh, so there's a few, like I mentioned, where it seems like you should know what the lyric is based on the title of the song. So Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones. Goodbye, Groovy Toothpaste. <laughs> Stop it. That one's <laughs> Nobody's not ever Nobody's done ever that. thought that. Sorry, earwax scientists. <laughs> uh, this is kind of delightful. And I want to encourage for those of you that have not joined the wonderful Facebook group. Oh, sometimes, I imagine this is going to pop off. Sometimes I think to myself, this would be a good topic for that group. Uh, you'll find it if you haven't joined um, under the Rose Buddies cast, which was our prior iteration. I mean, you can probably search wonderful podcast. I don't know and, if you'll find it. Oh, bummer. Okay. Yeah, it's a good group. Mm-hmm. Primo, primo content. Uh, I want to do my first thing. I'm very excited about it. It's just a good-ass YouTube video. I feel like I've done like one of these before and it's such a, I feel like a good recommendation because it's like it, anybody can watch it and I feel like anybody will enjoy it. Uh, I went down a particular rabbit hole that I will detail to get there. The name of this video is Carillon. That's C-A-R-I-L-L-O-N. I'm going to be saying that word a lot. So that's what it is. Uh, and then in parentheses, a tower filled with 100 tons of bells by a YouTuber named Rob Scallon, who is a like music producer, instrumentalist, who uh, mostly does videos where he will uh, focus in on a specific sort of exotic instrument. Uh, 
Uh, and I went down this rabbit hole because uh, during one of my recent bouts of insomnia, it was about, I would say, I would clock it at about 1.30 a.m. And I was just on YouTube going down a hole. And I was like, I want to hear some hurdy-gurdy music. You know what a hurdy-gurdy is? Perfect. I'm glad you don't because I'm definitely going to do a hurdy-gurdy segment at okay, some point. Okay, I've heard that phrase. It's like an old instrument with a, instead of, it's like a violin, but instead of playing with a bow, you play it with a wheel. It's wild. Oh, it's so fucking cool. But okay. anyway, he did an episode on the Hurdy Gurdy, which I watched. And then I watched an episode he did on the Koto, which is a traditional Japanese, I think like nine or 13 string instrument. That's pretty wild. And then I found Carillon, uh, a, a tower with 100 tons of bells in it and just ooh, loved it. Loved it. So good. Uh, a Carillon is what it says, what I just said in the title of the video, it is essentially a playable bell tower uh, that has uh, typically, there was a number, oh, over 23 cast iron bells that can be played at a keyboard-like apparatus. Uh, and that keyboard-like app apparatus is not a keyboard. It is basically a bunch of levers that are, you know, mechanically wired to, uh, to, to, you know, little strikers that ring the bells when you press them and you have to press some of them with tremendous force. So you're not playing them with your fingers. In fact, you're playing them with loosely closed fists, which looks kind of painful. I know I only showed you like a fraction of the video just before we started recording, but I can't imagine banging on those wooden levers attached to like striking devices against bells feels really great after a, an extended period yeah, of time. Yeah, I just, I never really thought about how that sound was made. I yes. just always kind of assumed it was like like a digital alarm clock so, where it would just play a thing and nobody would be responsible for it. Most carillons do have some sort of automated playing okay. uh, thing, but they are all, uh, you know, ultimately wired to... At the end of the process, a bell is being rung. So at the end of the process, like, it is a mechanical sound. So even if it is, like, an electrical process, it is an electrical process that pulls down a wire to strike a bell. So it's never like, you know, there's a loudspeaker just playing bell noises. These huge aspects. And the biggest bell in this uh, in this video, which focuses on the Rockefeller uh, Memorial Chapel at, U Chapel at University of Chicago. Yeah, I, like, when you mentioned that, I was like, I don't know if I remember. And then as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Uh, it has 72 bells uh, in what is called the Laura Spellman Rockefeller Memorial Carillon. It is the second biggest carillon in the world, uh, which is uh, kind of remarkable. And in this video, Rob Scallon, like, treats it just like, you know, the hurdy-gurdy or the, the koto, where it's like, oh, here's an instrument that I don't know anything about, uh, and gets a, like in-depth tour of the carillon from the carillonure uh which is the name of a person who plays a carillon uh and you get to go inside and see these bells the biggest bell in this tower is almost 17 tons and it's it plays like and you hear that and it's like that's a wild wild um, size for something to be and then they get into like the musical properties of this 17 ton object like oh yeah well it's a it's a d sharp two two octaves below uh, middle C, which is wild to think of like a, th a thing the size of a bell that size as having like an inherent musical property. Another thing that here's what's great about this video, right? You mentioned you walk by and you hear bell tower music and you just hear it and you don't think about, yeah. you don't think anything about it. Somebody's like up there hitting it. This video is uh, a half hour long and in it, you, it is just this cascade of realizations and questions that you now have about this otherwise mundane thing yeah. that you have experienced all your life. Like for instance, uh, did you know that the sound that a uh, clock tower plays uh, whenever the hour rolls by, the song that it plays has a name. 
It's the Westminster Quarters. Never knew that. Never oh. knew that, that song had a name. And it also has four parts because traditionally they would play it every quarter hour to tell you, uh, you know, to get, provide a sort of sound-based cue for yeah. what time it was. Uh, and the like notes that they would play, or rather the segments of the song that they would play, would be different depending Gosh. on where they were in the. My in brain the is just like blowing up right now because I'm thinking about the functional purpose of that, right? Like before everybody had like a wristwatch, for Absolutely, example. Absolutely right, and but then like that's just the first question, right? Like how do you strike a 17 ton bell to produce noise? Uh, where do you strike it? How do you automate that process? Uh, how do you, in the in the case of a carillon where it's attached to a, 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 a an apparatus where you can play the bells like a musical instrument how do you compose for that right there's a few different considerations that i hadn't even thought about where first of all bells of any size have natural overtones when you ring a bell it's not just playing one sort of resonant note it is playing also like several overtones or undertones around that note which can make it kind of like tricky to write a piece that yeah. has like typical melodic elements on top of it not only that but on a piano, if you want to hold a note, you press the key and you hold it down, right? You can't do that with a carillon because if you do yeah. that, the striker is held up against the side of the bell and it doesn't ring. Mm -hmm. And on a similar note, some of the bigger bells, the 17-ton bell, if you press it to get this low D sharp, it's going to be producing that sound for 40 seconds. <laughs> oh, gosh. So if you're playing a song and you want to incorporate a low note like that, you have to be set for it to be in the song for people to be hearing it for the better part of an entire minute yeah, so how do you wow. write a song around that entire concept right it's so fascinating yeah. it's so fascinating and i i was wrapped i stayed up at past 2 a.m just like <laughs> watching this video like tell me more about carillons the thing that i like could not stop thinking about was this carillon year how do you learn to play such a public instrument every performance of a carillon is a public the, the the carillon at university of chicago you can hear it up to a mile and a half away yeah. everyone within easily a one mile radius is hearing you learn <laughs> to play this extremely loud bell instrument yeah. and it's hysterical because at one point uh rob scallon they let him sit down at the at the keyboard and he's just kind of getting a feel for how hard you have to press the lever, right? And he, so he's like trying to press the, the lowest note, which requires the most force to strike it. And he's like slams it a few times. And the cameraman just goes, well, now everyone in a one mile <laughs> radius thinks it's three o'clock. Because <laughs> you just struck the bell three times. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Everything you do while playing this instrument, everyone here. So while shooting this video, I couldn't stop thinking about like, I couldn't stop thinking about like, everybody is hearing this dude bomb. Yeah. On this, and uh, they must be looking at this church and being like, what's going on up there? <laughs> so I wanted to know, like, how do you learn how to play the carillon? And there's actually several schools, like, across the globe where you can learn to do it. Uh, I say several, not a lot. But even in the US, there are uh, a number of music programs that offer, like, carillon studies uh including uc berkeley and santa barbara university of michigan which has two of the 23 grand carillons in the world i don't know why they have two of them do they go like amp versus amp i i don't i don't know i can't imagine it uh and uh university of florida uh university of denver and missouri state all offer carillon programs That's which is fascinating. wild fascinating 
But there's a ton of Carolines like at colleges, you know, in, yeah. in, in anywhere. Uh, they just don't necessarily offer specific courses of study. There are two schools with a student-led Carolyn Muir program uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, the responsibility for uh, taking care of the clock tower and playing music. That's what music. I've been thinking a lot about is maintenance and yep. upkeep yep. and like, who are these people that come in and know how it's, to tune it? It's all, well, they don't. You can't tune it. I mean, the way that you tune a 17-ton bell is by shaving metal away from the inside of it. So it's all preventative, right? You have to yeah. rotate the striker so that it's not hitting the bell like in the exact same point and shaving away metal at that point because there's two antinodes on a bell where it produces like the ideal sound. So ideally, you want to be striking as close to that as possible, but then you don't want to wear it down in that point. So yeah, and the repair, I don't know. It's crazy to think about. Uh, two of these uh, student-led programs where they just like do the Carillon all on their own are in Yale and University of Texas, I guess. I don't know. I don't oh. know that I've ever really heard the, the Carillon down there very well. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't know the word Carillon until I watched this video. It, there's so much to learn. And you learn it all watching this video. And it's such a wild idea. Like, it's a <laughs> wild idea for an instrument. It's a like, how do you learn it? How do you maintain it? How do you build it? How does, how does any of it work? And yeah. it's all contained within this 30-minute video that is just fucking fantastic. If, if YouTube videos could get Oscars or Emmys... I feel like this one is deserving <laughs> of it, and everyone should go watch it. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, can I steal you away? Yeah. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true, because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's Factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell 
sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible. That's um th- for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have a couple of grumble tramps here, and I would love to read the first one here if you would allow me. The first one, you didn't say yes, but you winked at me very suggestively. It was a very damp wink. Uh, it's for Sam. It's from Mouse who says, Sam, I just wanted you to know that I love you more each and every day and I wouldn't want to be on this journey with anyone else. You're my best friend and I'll never tire of the countless nicknames you give to me or our wonderful dog child, Gemma. I'm so proud of you and am lucky to be your partner. I can't wait to see where life takes us. What uh, what kind of nickname game do you think they're bringing to the table? For I was going to ask you if you have any nicknames that you're particularly fond of. I know that you always wanted Mac to be part of your life. Like for people to call me Mac? Yeah. That would have been weird because my dad is Mac. But I, I did have a coach who was also my homeroom teacher in high school who called me Mac. And I did, I did like it. I, did. I, I mean, I have a really good nickname. For you? Yeah, our friend Evan started calling me Rage. It makes Rage me sound is like so good, like such a badass. <laughs> yeah, it does. It fits so well too. Uh, you want to do the other one? Yes, this message is for Jane George Coolstanza, and it is from Julia Small Crimes. Man, speaking of nicknames, huh? Yeah. Way to be the raddest human around. You do so much for the Portland poetry community on top of being the most amazing friend a nerd like me could ever ask for. I'm glad Tanta has Logan's Dragonborn shoulders to ride around on. God, hearing you tackle that sentence was so good. (laughs) I relish your wit and salsa your face. I can't wait till the stupid pandemic is over so I can give you the biggest hug. It's like you didn't know which words in that D&D sentence were like <laughs> nouns and which ones like, were adjectives. I reached out to you for help and you just grabbed both your hands back and said, well, nope. sometimes you gotta <laughs> let the bird fly out of the nest on its own. And sometimes the bird falls to ground and goes splat. I like that this this, this poetry personality has the nickname George Coolstanza. Yeah, I think sure. that's A plus word. Very fitting. <laughs> One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Can I get that second thing? Yes. What do you got? My second thing is healthy food that makes you happy. You know when you eat a healthy food and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I did it. Well, I did mean, it. Yeah, but that more speaks to the scarcity with which I <laughs> incorporate healthy foods into my... That's not entirely fair. No, I feel like it's I'm a not. Well, eater. you know, I was talking about that stroganoff. One of those foods is mushrooms. Mushrooms. Mushrooms has the uh, the vitamin D, and you know I'm always talking about vitamin D on here. That's and how true. it helps you with the serotonin. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I eat uh, a carrot, I'm like... I feel like I've done, like I've got some sort of, uh-huh. some sort of power up going uh-huh. on inside me. 
Yeah. I mean, some of that is just like knowing it's healthy and feeling good about it. But some of it is like the actual like vitamins and properties of the food. Yeah. That is like actually makes you feel good. Are you taught? I mean, are you about to get on some like acai shit? Are you about no. to get on some superfoods? No, that's what I wanted to say. I, as, as somebody who has taken medication for uh, mental health, I am not advocating that this is a replacement for that. No. Um, but there are some foods out there that really do. They got, the, they got the good stuff in there, and it has a good impact on your body. Yogurt! Yes, yogurt. That's my, that's my, oh, that's my guy. Rachel sometimes will get kefir from the store. Yeah. Or kefir Sutherland. I'll eat that, drink that. Oh. Got me, got me feeling. Griffin is a regular. busy man, and he doesn't want to sit down with a spoon. No, just dig around in a little cup of yogurt. This is even. This is a step above gogurt. Like gogurt, <laughs> you still have to do the manual, yeah. mechanical operation of squeezing the the little popsicle pack <laughs> up into your mouth. Kiefer, you can just. Whoosh, Griffin wants whoosh. to knock it back like he is an athlete in Gatorade. Yeah, just like sweating that yogurt out his pores. If I ever win some sort of big award, I want you to come and upend a big bucket of kefir right on my head. Uh, so reading about the probiotics, um, you know, it aids in digestion, it mm-hmm. boosts the immune system, yep. um, and it also supposedly has a calming effect on the body. Oh, for sure, baby. Mm-hmm. I guess calming that you're like, all right, now I'm, gonna, I'm taken care of. I am going to poop today. <laughs> uh, another one of those foods, salmon. Salmon? That explains it. Why I'm at peak fucking physical condition right now. <laughs> Uh, it's got that that omega three, oh. uh, which helps keep your hair and skin shiny. Yeah, which you know helps give you the appearance of happiness. Yeah, you're all shiny. Sure. Ready to go. Uh, fish oil supplements can also do that. Yeah, I took those for a while. They disagreed with me. <laughs> I like the real the real deal. Holy yeah. field. Um, and I mean, there's all other sorts of you know vitamin C is another one helps you. Um, I'm not saying vitamin C like cures the cold, by the way. No. But it's, I mean, it's a good vitamin to have in you. You get it in broccoli, it's oranges, cool kale, vitamin. strawberries. I think there is something to, when I, uh, if we're getting food from a, you know, pickup from a restaurant or something. Yeah. And I elect not to get the shrimp tacos, which is not the worst thing that I could get, and instead get the salad. It's, there is a... Cookie points is a fun joke that we like to do yeah, in our family, uh-huh. but there is something about cookie points that is sort of cerebrally rewarding. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think whenever we do takeout, I like to think, what is something I'm not going to make at home? And or what is something that's going to have a lot more vegetables than I have in my fridge right now? Right. The salad's a good good, uh, good itch. Salads scratched. is just be- vegetables for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, dark chocolate. Is actually okay, helpful. Okay, here we go. You're just trying to slide that one in. <laughs> uh, health benefits, including easing emotional stress, according to a 2009 American Chemical Society trial. And I will say that, man. You take a little bite of that dark chocolate, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be okay. Interesting. So, so your Sour Patch Kids? That can't be right. I guess it's Sour Patch Kids. Uh, another vitamin found in a lot of foods, magnesium. I don't know much about this guy. Uh, it's found in dark leafy greens, nuts, seeds, pumpkin seeds, avocados, whole grains, yogurt, and Swiss chard. Kind of sounds uh, <laughs> helps balance serotonin. Kind of sounds like we wanted to do a segment on yogurt, but yeah, we didn't want to be like got around it <laughs> fully Jamie Lee Curtis about it. So we're trying to sneak it in. Uh, I will also say uh, folic acid is another one. Uh, helps uh, 
aid deficiencies that lead to a drop in serotonin. Uh, you can find that in spinach, bok choy, turnip greens. God, I wish there was just one vegetable or fruit that I could eat that I knew just had, had everything. Just all of it. I guess that's like the idea of like an ambrosia sort of substance, which, you know, don't don't exist. But if there was just one, if it was just spinach, like I don't love spinach. I don't hate it, but I would eat it a lot if I knew like eat the spinach and you're fucking set for I know, everything. right? I mean, you'd think that's got to be it, right? Because everybody's putting that in a smoothie. Everybody's just like put like three cups of spinach in a smoothie. Yeah. I don't really know why. But then it's like spirulina, and it's like, I don't know what that is, but does it have it all? I'll eat spirulina. I did have a smoothie once with spirulina in it, and I then maybe anecdotally, I had the worst diarrhea of my entire life, so maybe? Griffin's pretty sure he should never eat spirulina. I'm yet. about 90% positive it was a spirulina sort of situation. I wanted to bring up, the, re- the reason I got on this path is I've been really wanting some quinoa lately. Quinoa is kind of a mystery to me. I used to make it. I haven't in a very long time. Yeah. So, you know, it's a grain. You, you boil it in the water. Um, and I, I was reading about it, and there's, 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 it's got a lot of protein. Yeah. And there's a flavonoid in it that has antidepressant effects. I don't know. What, hey. I don't know what flavonoid is. I didn't look it up. I don't want to know. Flavonoid <laughs> is a wild word, huh? Yeah. It sounds like a like a 1990s Sega Genesis game yeah. about like, like that's like licensed by you know Cheerios or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, can you get? Well, I mean, I guess I'm thinking of the Noid. I am thinking of the Noid. Yeah, that's and the flavonoid is like. You know, the Noid battled freshness. So the flavonoid, I imagine, would be like, instead of, you know, ruining the freshness of the pizza, the flavonoid would go after the flavor somehow. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds also like it could have been like Doritos answer to the Noid. Yeah, yeah. The flavonoid gets in there with the Cool Ranch, you know. Or it could just be, the Noid was Domino's, yes, I believe. And so like, it could just be that Domino's was like, people love the Noid. What if he had a brother (laughs) who went after flavor instead of freshness? And then they did it for like one or two commercials and people were like, that's too many noids. <laughs> um, I, I've been thinking about this more lately um, just because we have been doing so much takeout and I'm trying to like diversify our takeout options. Right. Um, we found some healthy, some healthy ones that have things like salmon. Oh. And it's exciting. It's yeah. like, I'm never going to buy salmon. I'm not going to buy we it. We bought salmon a couple times. Yeah. But you know, we'll sous vide it up. I'm in the store right. and I'm looking. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And, and you know, but it's good for you. Yeah. Gets strong. It but makes you feel good. Feel good. Strong hair. Yes. I could I could make a, I could make a, a ship worthy rope out of my hair right now. Yes. You and me both. I could rig a sail of some kind. <laughs> Uh, can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. I anticipate it will be quite quick. My second thing is Capture the Flag. Capture the Flag. Capture the Flag, the game that you play in real life, but also like the concept of Capture the Flag as represented in other games, digital and otherwise. I just really like Capture the Flag. I can count the number of times I played it in my youth on maybe one hand. Yeah, right? Like I feel like this is something that presented itself to me not until high school and oh. then disappeared immediately after. Wow, interesting. See, yeah. uh, most of mine was was earlier than that. I feel like uh, once you got to high school, nobody... Getting a game of Capture the Flag together is equivalent to like as an adult now trying to get like a poker night together back in the before times where it's just like it's a huge amount of effort. Like with my group of friends, I feel like I could get everybody excited about Capture the Flag but getting 
getting everybody excited at the same time with enough time for us to play in a place where we could play capture the flag when we could just as easily just like you know attach a retractable dog leash to somebody's back belt loop and have them run until we snap it back at the last second like that's much easier to do that was a thing for you oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah you talk to you talk to Michael. You talk to Evan about some of that. Ooh, we ripped a lot of belt buckle loops, and people will be like, "What the fuck happened to your back belt buckle?" This loop? coincided with the time of Jackass, didn't it? I mean, I guess it was a pretty low stakes Jackass. Although one time I did do it, it ripped Michael's belt loop right off, and the metal tip of it came back, hit me right in the forehead. Oh, geez. that co- that close <laughs> to a to one of my precious little eyeballs. Uh, but capture the flag, man. It 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 rules. It is a fairly modular game where you know I say capture the flag, and I imagine there are multiple version of uh, versions of it that people think about. Typically, uh, you're talking about two bases, two teams, each with a flag. You want to grab the opponent opposing team's flag from their base, get it back to your own to win uh, or score a point. Typically, there is some version of tag also involved, where if you're in enemy territory and you get tagged something happens either you're out or you are typically we play freeze where you're frozen until you have a to go back to your side too. or that yeah. yeah or you freeze until a teammate can come and, and rescue you yeah uh and i mean that is about it sometimes you have to sometimes you can hide the flag i always thought that that was bullshit because people would always cheat like oh, i hid yeah. it in my mom's locked car like fuck <laughs> you there's no way i feel like it was easy to be a player in a game of capture the flag and just have no idea that the game was over that is also if a you problem. played over like a wide enough terrain you'd be like on one side and somebody would come up to you and be like oh yeah no they got our flag it's over <laughs> but oh, there's n- there's not a ton of like variation to the rules beyond that right mm-hmm. uh I, it's kind of tough to track like the origins of any sort of folk game like this. There was uh, a 1908 Boy Scout training manual published called uh, simply Scouting for Boys uh, that detailed uh, the rules of a game that it called Flag Raiding, which kind of resembles Capture the Flag, but with a decidedly sort of uh, war games feel uh, that maybe makes sense for the era. Uh, what I like about Capture the Flag is that it mixes like a lot of disciplines and a lot of like game ideas that I, you know, am a fan of. Uh, it's like I am not a particularly great runner, which sort of uh, put me at a disadvantage in a lot of different games. But in Capture the Flag, if you're not a great runner, you can still be strategic in a way that maybe your peers aren't. Because you have to distribute, like, who's defending, who's attacking. Yeah. There's also a stealth element, which was always my favorite, like, genre of game to play when I was a kid. Like, uh, again, I'm not a fast runner or thrower or anything like that, but I can hide with the best of them. And so, you know, you get a sneaky approach up on that flag and grab it and run then you can kind of hold your own in a game where otherwise you maybe couldn't. Yeah. And not only that, you would be thrust into the spotlight. Ooh, there's nothing more <laughs> exhilarating and terrifying than like having the flag and running with it. And you're solely responsible at that point for the victory or loss of your team. Yeah. It's very, very there's glory. Cool. There's glory there, which was not a thing that I was ever really used to. Um, playing it like in a sleepover when it's like dark. Uh, my Probably the biggest game I ever played was at a church lock-in in our church, which was uh, a, a fairly large church. It was like a three-story 
uh, building and playing it took the better part of the lock-in, like most of the, the You're little playing hours. playing it in the building? In the, uh, in the building, right? Oh, so one team was on one side of the first floor. The other team was on the other side of the third floor. So the I second always, floor was a sort oh, of like... Oh, I like that. I always pictured it as an outdoor game. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can play it outdoors, but you can also play it indoors. Uh, and it was pretty fun. And there were a ton of kids there. So it was like a all hands on deck team-based game that lasted forever i think my team lost but it was still like a lot of fun and then we looked outside and like the sun was coming up and we were like oh no (laughs) i'm going to be so tired tomorrow um i of course i've i've played it more commonly in video games uh i think halo is probably my biggest touchstone for this especially when we would have land parties for halo one and two and by the time three came out i think most people were playing online but like playing capture the flag in that environment is also very fun for similar reasons like i play a lot of first person shooters but i'm not like amazing at them i'm not like uh you know my aim is not as good as it is for somebody who like plays grew up playing like counter-strike and like really intense military shooters but you know I can grab a flag and run with it and work on my like timing and sort of situational awareness. And it, it adds a, 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 a sort of technique to any kind of game, whether it's a, you know, uh, an MMO like World of Warcraft has like a capture the flag mode, uh, where even if you're not great at the core principles of the game, there is a entirely sort of mental and, uh, you know, cerebral element uh, that the game otherwise doesn't challenge you on. And I find yeah. that so fascinating. I find that really, really cool. Like it, it fits into a lot of different game ideas and it just sort of adds a, if you will, a third heat uh, onto yeah. what the game already asks you to do. Now, I like that point because I remember in high school, we would have a lot of half days where people would go meet up at a park. And a lot of times folks got into play in like Ultimate Frisbee, yeah, which I was like kind of okay about. You know, there's not a whole lot of running with that. But you have to be really good at throwing and catching a frisbee, and right? That was only okay at that. But capture the flag, I liked. Right? There's like room for everybody. In if that you're not game. a fast runner, you just hang out by your flag and you play defense, which mm-hmm. like you know very few people are willing to do. But I would always be like, yeah, I'll just post up here and make sure we don't lose. Yeah, seems like an important. You know, it's not the most glorious position, but you know, mm-hmm. it's essential, and that I expect some form of recognition for it. <laughs> now, 20, 20 years later. But I never got it. Anyway, that's Capture the Flag. It's a good game. I like it. I would play it as an adult now. Yeah, for sure. I, don't know how, I mean, not now. Yeah, not in this moment. Unless we incorporated some sort of like six foot away Nerf gun. But even that seems like a risky. This must be why people have children. Yeah. So they can organize the CTF with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have played more hide and seek with our, our progeny than uh, I have ever played in my lifetime. <laughs> Learned that I'm maybe not as good at it as I think I am. You're better than Henry. <laughs> well, Henry likes to hide behind the same mirror every time. And then once he hears you he into the room, he likes to start hiding. Out. He likes to start hiding. He's like, I'm going to hide. And you can see exactly where he has in mind. You yeah. go count. <laughs> uh, hey, can I tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Emily says, time-lapsed videos of plants growing, mushrooms, flowers, anything are amazing. Nature is wild. I do love that. I love that watching nice. mushrooms, especially. This is a mushroom-heavy episode. But mushrooms grow in the wildest ways. Mushrooms grow wild, man. Different mu- mushrooms, like a moral, like will grow like, or morel. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. I've, n- I've always struggled I with that. I have no one. idea. Uh, it like grows in like this weird web. Mushrooms are crazy, man. They have gills that open up sometimes. Yeah, what are you doing, yeah. mushrooms? It's that fungus thing, man. Uh, and then uh, Ariafna, 
I hope I'm saying that right. It's a cool name. Uh, Something I find wonderful is camping. Being surrounded by trees and breathing the crisp air while making coffee early in the morning is a feeling I'll never get over. I wish we were better about liking camping. Well, the problem is that Texas gives you about one month a year where it's good to camp. It's good to camp, yeah. And And we don't have any gear at all. Don't have any gear. It feels (laughs) weird to have gear for one month out of the year. We have built our lives around not having any camping gear. But if we're not... What better time is there to get into camping than now? I know. A lot of people that live in a better climate are really taking advantage of this. Damn it. And I get it. Maybe when it gets cooler, we should talk about it. We'll have a talk with our spiritual advisors. We got to we got to invest in those good quality air mattresses. Oh, you know it. I want I'm I I'm I not might sleeping on the ground. I kind of want to uh if you'll forgive the use of the term, glamp. Oh, for sure. And it's the only way we could do it. Only way we could do it is mm-hmm. if there was some sort of and all those flaps where you with the netting you let the breeze through. Ooh, God, gotta have them flaps. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that fine mesh. This is. I think you've talked about this before of going oh, into yeah. like an outdoor equipment <laughs> store. Yeah. Now yeah. let's let's scratch that. Like itch, the man. idea of having a good tent seems nice. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these sort of theme song. Money won't pay. Find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you also to Maximum Fun for having us on the network and uh, to everybody who donated in the recent Max Fun Drive. We really appreciate y'all. Y'all came out in a big way for us, and uh, it means it means a whole hell of a lot. So thank you. Thank you. Anything else before we uh, wrap up? I thought you were just about to just get up. <laughs> just walk out. When I said that, Rachel rotated her chair like a full 90 <laughs> degrees away from me, and I thought you were literally just going to be like, and just dip. That would be, that would be pretty badass. Like, that would be a pretty be. rage thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do it, and we'll just like see how it feels? No, no, it just it feels rude. No, I'm, but, but I'm saying like you should do it. So it's not. I it, should just walk out. Yeah, just try it right now. And we'll see how it feels. Okay. Oh my god, she's actually doing it. You could. So here's the truth: is that Rachel couldn't even pretend to be rude so much that she did just open and shut the door, doing a sort of <laughs> um, radio drama, sort of Michael Winslow routine. Oh, walking away. Yeah, it's weird. Your footsteps sound so far away, but your voice was just so crystal clear. It's these lavalier mics we wear, you know? Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm downstairs right now. You're so good. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.